tip it. Bryant with the save. Oh, you gotta get a shot. Yeah. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. You are now listening to the Basketball Jones Podcast. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. People, listeners, man. If you don't already know, unless you, if you've been living under the rock, just in case you have, we're going to remind you. The Los Angeles Lakers are the 2020 NBA World Champions. Oh, my God. World Champions, right? World did Champs. It, did it for Kobe. I mean, I, I've been yelling. I was going. I, I mean, I might break out and yell during the course of this conversation right here. But before we get on that, welcome, welcome, welcome to the season one finale of the Basketball Jones podcast. After we break down and celebrate Banner 17 for the Lakers, we have an exclusive interview with Mr. Donald Ingram, father of NBA All-Star, most approved player, Kenson native Brandon Ingram. But for right now, this is your boy, Jonathan. It's your boy Keetwan, aka Massa. Your boy Jalen. Lakers got chip number 17. Number 17. In LeBron's 17 year. It's crazy. Oh my God. Don't don't get me started, man. Don't get me started. It's been a long time. The last time the Lakers won the NBA title, it was daggone 2010. I mean, Jesus Christ. I was in sixth grade, so what grade was y'all in? We was in daggone, uh, we was in the 10th grade. Yep, 10th grade. We was in the 10th grade, man. And, you know, we, we, I mean, it's been it's been a long journey. It's been a long journey, I swear. I I tell you. I tell you. Because you, when it happened, when we won in 2010, I thought we was going to come back the next year. Me too. Thought we had another couple years in us. Man, look, then they hit us like the SpongeBob dude 10 years later. Later. <laughs> hey, hey, when you think about it, though, uh, the last 10 years, the Lakers probably been one of, you know, one of the worst franchises as far yeah. as record wise and not being in the playoffs. Yeah, we dipped, bro. We, we, we dipped down heavy. And um, I mean, it's just, it's been a lot, man. So just, Jalen, I know we talked forever last night after the dub, man, but just what, what were your first thoughts, emotions when the daggone buzzer hit zero, man? When the clock hit zero, man? How was you feeling? Man, I just I was so hyped, but at the same time, I was just like stuck in the moment. I couldn't believe it. It's like, bro, we really, we really won this because I, I just want used to that feeling. Like, like we said, it's been a whole decade since we won. We done gone through so much adversity in the past past couple of years. So I'm like, man, we really pulled this off. Like this year was just crazy like going there we pretty much reshaped our whole roster whole coaching staff you know rob palinka came in did a good job had a Kawhi Leonard fiasco waiting on him he had to piece together a roster at the end like that bringing in guys like danny uh dwight howard mm. uh bringing back rondo keeping mm. kcp he even brought in boogie you know we didn't get to see boogie that much Man, that was a good pickup don't eat hey, I mean, that boy get a ring too no he don't shot, yep. shot. They, i saw it on twitter that he's eligible for a ring just he's like he, he can get a ring I, that's yeah, what I seen on Twitter. He well, was if he can get a ring, ring, then he can get one. Then give him one. Give him a ring. Yeah, if you if you're on the roster, I think for half the season, I think you're eligible for a ring. So he gonna and they one. kept him up there for about half. That, that's real. That's real. Yeah, so, that's real. That's real. Yeah, it was just so much adversity going throughout the whole year, and it's amazing with the big roster turnover we had. There really wasn't any major chemistry issues from the beginning of the season. The Lakers just like jumping on it. Everything was going smooth. So I respect LeBron, man. I respect him a whole lot. And it's crazy me and John was talking about like we we hated LeBron 10 years ago. Bro, I swear yo, I hated this man in middle yo, school, bro. Man, look, don't even we gonna we gonna get to LeBron. Don't don't we gonna yeah. get to LeBron. We gonna get to LeBron, man. But yeah, I feel you, Jay. It was like look, Keetron, what was your what was your first thoughts, first emotions, man? First off, I was happy for y'all, you feel me? Cause y'all ain't felt this feeling in a while. Oh yeah. And I was happy that they did it for Kobe to get Banner 17. Yes, sir. It, it, it was a, a feel-good moment, AD getting his first ring. Like, it was a, it was a feel-good moment. Yeah, man. It was – I I still I, – I feel like I'm going to cry at some random point. Like, it's just going to hit me. I'm like, Jesus, man. I know somebody's going to have some good video with Kobe. But, yeah, man, it's uh, – like Jalen was saying, like, it, I mean, if it was like you – it was, it was excitement. I got to see it. 
the game with my with my parents. It was my grandma's birthday. My grandma passed last year, so it was just dope for them to win on that day. Um, and it was just amazing, like on everything. It was amazing to see, cause I swear we had it, like every obstacle you could throw at a team. In my opinion, outside of a major injury, we had it. I mean, a major injury to a main to to LeBron or AD, we had it. You know what I'm saying? We had Boogie. He went down. Then we got Dwight. Then after we had all of that, when we come back, I mean, the season, I mean, right before the season go out, the Lakers, we had just beat the Clippers and the Bucks in these really two, I mean, highly contested games, real tone-setting games right down at the end of the stretch. Boom, we out. We come back. Avery Bradley, we didn't even talk. I mean, Avery Bradley didn't even come up to down to the bubble with us. So, I mean, it's just Kobe. I mean, I can't even talk. I can't even really get – I can't even put how I feel about everything with Kobe in the words, to be honest with you. But I think it was I, – I, it was destined. I thank, I thank God for it, to be honest with y'all, because I think it was like the fairy tale ending, man. Like, this this how they supposed to go up. This how they supposed to honor him and GG. This how they supposed to go out, man. So I, I thought it was – um, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. And um, fellas, like I uh, we was talking about it uh, the other night, man. Look, this guy LeBron James – he writing a story, boy. Hey, that that that, that documentary, his last dance, is gonna be crazy. He writing a story, though. It's a Hollywood swear. story for real. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's amazing. It 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 it's truly amazing. But fellas, will the league, will the media finally put some respect on LeBron's name? That's the that's the real question, man. Man, probably not because you know the the six the six the six and no argument, and you know people like you know Skip gonna stand on his shit regardless. So it ain't I don't think that's ever gonna change. I know y'all no. seen Shannon brought that live goat out there. Bro, yeah, I was weak. Was, I was man, weak. Man, yo, Uncle he had man, that man. Crazy. He had that man shaking his hand and all that. Uncle crazy, uh, uh, You see that video last night when he was driving through LA, yeah. the horn and stuff. Just honking the <laughs> Yeah, man. I know he having a good time, man. But uh, I think I was listening. I was listening to the Rick Butcher, uh, Buker. I can't even say the man's name. Uh, podcast earlier, man, and um, he was just talking about like just it, how people are still in the media, not really that warmed up to LeBron wanting to heap praise on him. Like he literally had to prove everybody. Like, I mean. All these, all the media cats, he had to prove them wrong. And I loved it. I loved it because, I mean, to be honest with you, I felt like all year, going back to last season, I felt like that they were trying. Well, I take it back. Going back all the way to when LeBron initially signed with us, when he initially signed, there were people saying he was only doing it for the Hollywood. He was doing it for the Hollywood aspects. He wanted, you know, for this production company, all that. He was retiring. He was phasing out, all that stuff like that. That was a narrative. You come around. He running out there with the young boys, Brandon, Lonzo, all them. He, we, we were the fourth seed in the in the Western Conference with them, with the young cats. He get hurt, and I swear it's been like from that point forward, it, the media been trying to crown a new king. Every way. Oh, is it Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. Oh, it's Kawhi Leonard. No, it's Giannis. No, no, no. It's it's the same dude. It's been being this whole time. Oh, LeBron's still on top. It's really wild. He just he just keep proving doubters wrong, man. Like Keaton sent me a video on Twitter. All these guys, these analysts, been saying come up with different narratives uh, each month. How the Lakers not gonna win? How they all think LeBron? Got enough left in the tank to win the championship in LA. He's just there, you know, for the the movies and um, off the court stuff. And LeBron just keep pulling wrong. And I still think he got a couple more years in him too. I do, yeah. I do as well. I when I sent you that video, I said I don't think I could never ever be considered a true hater because I really never said anything like they were saying in those videos about him and, and y'all as a franchise. Like I didn't, I didn't understand those those points at all. Yeah, I, I it's crazy. And, and and speaking on this, the hate aspect, we we used that word earlier. 
when 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 Jalen and I were in high school, we weren't rocking with LeBron. Well, I could I speak for Jalen. Let me know what you think. It was main, It was mainly because it won't him. He at that when we was in high school for the most part. LeBron was still in Cleveland. LeBron didn't go to to Miami until our junior year, our junior senior year in high school. And but the problem was everybody was trying to say he was better than Kobe at that point, and he had no rings, and that's what had made me feel this way towards him. And then over the years, is like that was like a decade ago, and then we was talking about how over the span of ten years, this this I mean, it's like a whole. Uh, 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 character flip. Like if this was a movie and we start, it was a show. We started out not liking this character. Now we all we here. We love like this. This our guy. Like, it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. I used to, I used to hate that man so much just because uh, it was the fans, man. Like he was just getting to Miami, yeah. And everybody was already saying that he was better than Kobe, and it just, I just didn't like him for that because I just didn't understand how. Yeah, the Brian, the Brian sexuals can be toxic for real. Brian sexuals. <laughs> they about worse toxic. than Cowboys fans, Jalen. You know how bad you gotta be to be worse than the cow. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, but I mean, overall though, y'all, where do y'all feel like this places? How do y'all feel like this affects LeBron's legacy um, moving forward? Like, and in the goat conversation, do you think this? Yeah. What do y'all think? I feel like his goat status was solidified in 2016 with the 3-1 ring. Oh wow! It's just it's just he Lebron said it himself on the shop. I think it was he considered himself the goat when he won the 3-1 ring. Wait, he was he was already in so, that stratosphere. So I feel you. So I'm, I'm, I I need. So you are you saying that you that you are now putting him as the goat? Like they ain't even nah. He's just in the. He's just making that conversation harder. What do you yeah? Yeah, he's saying? making the conversation harder for sure. Like he's for sure on the Mount Rushmore of basketball. Like it's, easy. It's it's no it's no hate no shade. He he's definitely number two on the Mount Rushmore of basketball right now. Like Stephen A. said today. Yeah, Le- LeBron. I still got him number two. Uh, he's a solid number two. I feel like there's no argument how you can rank him below number two. Honestly, it's him and Mike. They pretty much on the level of their own, in my opinion. Yeah. Right now. So. Yeah, and um. I, I I think that uh, just the the body of work he's putting together is amazing. It really is, and 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 the best part for me is, like you said, Jalen. Earlier, the, the 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 guys on the team, for for the listeners that don't know, last year after the Lakers were able to trade and get Anthony Davis. The or were at least in agreement to get Anthony Davis. The Lakers were then trying to land Kawhi Leonard, and him and the Clippers had literally stalled the Lakers out on their on on the free agency discussions, so that the Lakers would miss out on other free agents in the market, and it backfired. Straight backfired. Oh, oh God, it did. It backfired. <laughs> That's karma, for your, that's karma for your ass, boy. I that's mean, karma for your ass. I'm saying it backfired. And my, my my what I'm saying, Rob had to throw this team together within a two-day period. I remember the signs, the the, the the signings were happening like that. Bap, bap, bap. And then don't even then then we all then throughout the through the course of the season, we picked up Marquise Morris, we picked up Deion Waiters, we picked up J.R. Smith throughout the course of the season. And I think it's amazing how, like you said, Jay, how we were able to, like there weren't chemi- like there weren't chemistry issues. It was it was it was amazing. There weren't chem- there weren't really any chemistry issues, if you will. Um, maybe just people getting more comfortable in their role. But as far as chem, well, I'm talking well, right now. Speaking of chemistry, I'm talking about on a personal level. It seemed like. They was tight. Like when when you saw them, they was going out places. Like you could tell that they was real cool with each other. And and that foundation for me, I felt like that made everything on the court be even more easier. 
And I, I, I credit LeBron for that, to be honest, because he's the leader. He's the leader of the team. And I, I really credit him for that, man. He showed me a lot this year as a as a fan. And I don't I don't got no gripes with him on everything. He he good. He good forever for me. Yeah, he got he got my, he got my ultimate respect. Now, Lakers just definitely had that brotherhood bond, like you were saying throughout the whole year. It's real rare because I, I can't remember a team in recent memory that has such a roster turnover and has such few chemistry problems as, as the Lakers did this past year. So it was real amazing. Like the Lakers went 57 0 on the year when entering the fourth quarter with a lead. Like that's that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. 57 0. <laughs> that's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. I, I think um, it was greatness in my opinion. I hate to be, I say it sound cliche, but I'm telling you, it was. I, that's not normal what we saw happen, in my opinion. We, I mean, the storylines that were in intertwined in this. You know, you had Rajon Rondo, a uh, cat that Kobe and the Lakers had to take out in the finals. That LeBron used to run into in the in the Eastern Conference. All the time. You know what I'm saying? Dwight Howard, the cat that messed up the Kobe and LeBron finals, he beat Dagon Brown. And now he. That played. might be the craziest plot twist on the whole roster how Dwight came back and got a championship in LA. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. He said, he said he wanted to make it up to y'all in 2013. He now said he, it. He got his chance. He got I, his chance. I, he said it, and I was like, whatever, bro. But. Speak on everybody, man. We was just talking like who who are some of the who are some people that y'all are happiest about getting a ring? Uh because I mean we got a we got a really dope roster. So I mean what who are some of the people that was like, man, this is it was dope to see them win? Yeah, I'll let you go. All right. All right, for me, probably Dwight Howard the most on the team, because like you say, he just went through so much adversity. He had left the Lakers on the side note the first time. All the drama he had, you know, couldn't get along with Kobe and all the guys. And he came back for a second chance. They said when Dwight was about to sign with the Lakers, he uh, had a team meeting with the guys and just basically broke down crying, you know, that's for a second chance and to forgive him. And Dwight, he was just a team player all year. You know, when he didn't get no playing time, he didn't ever complain. He came in and did his role. Yeah. Was, was physical, got rebounds and stuff. So I'm, I'm glad for Dwight. And also I'm glad for LeBron, because I know, I really know he really was trying to get that ring for L.A. So it was real big that he came to L.A. and delivered on his promise in the second year. He said after last year, he said this won't happen again. Us he missing said the playoffs. It, so he, he he delivered on his promise and got us a ring. That's real big time. So he's, he's really become a Lakers legend, man. I think he got, like I said, I think he got more in him. So I'm happy for Dwight and LeBron. Okay, for me, it's, it's AD off rip because I'm so glad that no, no more of his career was wasted being on a bad team. <laughs> Dwight, because, you know what I'm saying, he, de- he deserved that ring on his resume for people to stop, like, stop messing around with his name saying he wasn't a certified Hall of Famer. So he, oh, he yeah. needed this ring, which mm-hmm. I don't understand why, but he needed He didn't this need ring, it, but so people, people be talking. Yeah, pe- yeah people just be just talking. Just be talking, man. And, of course, LeBron – because it, it solidifies his legacy even more. Like we said earlier, he's gained all of our respect to the max. So seeing him prove people wrong, saying that he was a wise king, mm-hmm. which he was, just, he's just been nothing. He's just been nothing but on the rise since he went back to Cleveland. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I was happy for them three. For me, um, it would be uh, de- definitely LeBron because of just the. Amount of pressure, the circumstances that he, the circumstance he was in, the position he was in, uh, I think back to that 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 game they had. I think it was against Portland after Kobe had passed, and uh, he had addressed the crowd and everything. And I was just like, "Yo, like, like I know he ain't signed up for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just just to be thrust in that situation like that. And now it's like you." I hate to say, but you're like, bro, you got to win. Like, it was only, like, if you did not win, if he, you know, if they had not won, to me personally, I feel like it would have been bad for him, bro. It would have been yeah, bad. Pressure, pressure it was crazy. Ter- it would have been terrible but, for him, bro. Like, but that's what I'm saying, though. The pressure was crazy. And, and bro, bro, look, in the, in the playoffs, first series, five games against uh, Portland. You feel me? Second round, five games. Houston, third round, five games. 
Denver. They gentlemen swept their way all the way to the uh, daggone finals. And they could have closed that out in five if they was being real about it. But, I mean, hey, cool. But I'm just saying, like, they I, – I just – I love it. Because the whole year it felt like there was nothing but doubt around him. Uh, but I, I don't get me on my – I can get on the uh, soapbox about, about that, man. But uh, – <laughs> He has definitely become on, on on the court, off the court. LeBron James is, is literally one of my uh like he a he a role model for me. Just how he moves, his leadership, man. I love it. Um uh, outside of that, man, I definitely Rajon Rondo. He I mean, he he a real one. I I, just, I don't really know how to say it. he a real one. He we would not have won without him. He held it down when LeBron won. He I mean, nineteen points, close out game. I mean Come well, he was hooping. I mean, that come shit, on. Like, that shit, I, I always like when he be making threes, but I be saying that shit fake. And boy, that shit was hella fake. Yeah. Boy, he hit all the threes. He ready though. He they was they was trying them, and he said, "Okay, all right, I'll beat you like that." And and Dwight Howard, definitely Dwight, man, because he man he put up this video uh, about made me cry. I ain't even gonna hold you. He was crying. It was on his IG live, and he was just like, "Man, don't ever give up on your dreams, man." Is somebody telling you? You ain't going to do it. You ain't this. You ain't that, man. You know what's in your heart, and you keep going. I mean, that was just beautiful to me, man, for real. And um, aside from that, I just gonna, I, I really I really uh, connect with the Quinn Cook situation, man. His dad his dad was like a big Lakers fan. His dad passed away. And, uh, you know, my, my dad's who got me into the Lakers, so I can only imagine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just crazy. So Quinn and Dagon and, and, and AD and AD because um, I feel like he is. I just feel like he a good guy, man. I feel like he a good, genuine dude, man. And he been working hard in his craft. And when he was ready to get out of New Orleans, he took a, bad, a lot of bad flack in the media. Um, you know, about trying to, uh, you know, if you will, stiff arm his way out of there, man. But I, I really feel like everything really laid out how it was, how it was supposed to. And, um, and, 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 uh, got, and you know what? I want to shout out, and this ain't just because of the interview coming up at the end of the show, but I definitely, man, I want to shout out Lonzo Ball. I want to shout out Josh Hart. And I want to shout out, most of all, Brandon Ingram, man, because without them, Without their level of play, when when we drafted them, without their upside, without their potential, without them tapping into what they do, I don't believe. Well, it would have been a lot. Our role to getting Anthony Davis would have been a lot different, and that was a key part in that. So it's just like salute to them, and you know, yeah. Uh, Shout out to the baby Lakers, man. That's the baby Lakers, yeah, yeah, always, man. I rock with them heavy. Them little, they probably like my second favorite NBA team for real at this point. I, I, I like watching them play. Um, but back to the Lakers, um, man. Hey, look, we talking about all the cats. We happy for getting the ring. And I hate to be this guy, man, but yo, we can't bring everybody back, yo. We can't bring everybody back. Who are? And you know what? I don't even get real, real into it. But just who are the some who are the we must have people that to bring back next season for you, Jalen? All right. So of course, LeBron AD locks, uh, KCP. He solidified his spot on the roster nation to me. He's, he's a yeah. He's safe. He was Caruso. Off at the I can say every championship team need an Alice Caruso. He just does stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Like he just grinds it out, gets hustle. You got to have Alice Caruso back, man. I'm glad we got him signed next year, too, on a cheap deal. Um, Rondo. You got to have playoff Rondo. Yeah. I don't care if you don't do nothing the whole regular season. Well, you know what you're going to get come playoff time with Rondo. So you got to bring him back for his veteran leadership. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring Dwight back. Yeah. Definitely got to bring Dwight back. He play, He know. He knows his role, man. I love it, man. Yeah. Dwight fits. He fits perfectly. Yeah. But I think those are probably all my guys who I – Oh yeah, Avery Bradley. Even though he didn't play in the playoffs, hey, you got you got to bring him. Ab, back. I yep. want him back. We missed him in the because people out of you know everybody real out of sight, out of mind. Avery Bradley was our best perimeter defender, yeah. and he had the three ball. That's what that's what he known for three and D. He had a consistent three ball. I want to bring Avery Bradley back. Um, Jalen, I agree with pretty much everybody. Pretty much all the vets, except for Jared Dilly. All love to you, brother. But 
Yeah, but it's a all love to your brother. He's just taking a roster. We can use that seat for somebody else. I'm just I hate to say it. Um but them them probably the main cats I want to bring back. I know we're I know Jalen, we were speaking before and I know we said we we Kyle Kuzma kinda he let me down uh, on some real. He let me down out of out of everybody on the team this year. He I yeah. He he fell short of my expectations. I had a lot I had some high expectations for him. Um and so it's gonna be interesting what they do with him. Interesting happen with Danny Green and um and JaVale yeah. also. I don't know if we're going to bring him back. And JaVale. I don't know about JaVale either, but that's, you know, that's it, it worked. If we can bring him back, cap-wise, it makes sense. I say do it. My main thing would be at the at the two-guard position, the one and the two. I want some more uh, uh, dynamic scoring and playmaking at the one and the two, um, however we can get it. How about Buddy Hill? Oh, yeah. However, we can yeah. get it. I mean, he the type yeah, of cat. He'll be a good fit. He the type of cat that I would enjoy having. Um, but and he and he did. He is on the outs with Luke Jalen. Mm. Yep. I think uh, I honestly think Buddy Hill might be the most realistic target. Hey, young master, that might have been a good one right there, player. I like that. Yeah, I like that. How is it? Because Bradley Bill is probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm, not I think I'm off the Bradley Bill train, yo. But uh, Buddy Hill is definitely the perfect match. Buddy oh, Hill, yeah. though. Come Buddy. off the bench with Rondo, if he's not starting, he'll yeah. probably start most likely. I think Buddy will start. Buddy Hill's dope. Yeah, Buddy too good. Every, he, he definitely gonna start. Avery Bradley come back though. I mean, yeah, still start. Avery Buddy is starting the backcourt. Do you have LeBron and AD and probably Dwight? And do you bring KCP off the bench with Rondo most likely? And yeah, I like, I like that. I like that. That's a squad. Anyway, um. Man, look, y'all. So, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So, Basketball Jones Podcast, man. Um, it's being fun with y'all. It's being dope just talking, you know, being able to talk to games with y'all and everything. And um, the season's been really weird. It's been an up and down season. Um, is there any moment from this season outside of the other last night, which obviously is the, but is there any moment from this season that just really stuck with you? That's, that was one of your favorite moments of this season. Y'all got anything on top of it? If not, I can, I can lead it off. If uh matter of fact, I will. So one of my favorite moments, um, really, and it was while it was happening, it was the game where Kobe um, and Gigi came to the Mavericks game. At the top part of the season. And I remember that because it made me so happy that one, it was like when when LeBron would walked up, they just looked so happy to see each other. When AD walked up, they looked so happy to see each other, right? When Dwight Howard walked up, they looked so happy to see each other. And Luca. And it was just like, man, like. Like, this the family. I don't know. It just was like, yo, these, you know, I don't know. It was just something legitimizing about him being there like that. And I, you know, didn't even realize that was going to be the last time we saw him at the game. So that for me and um, LeBron, the, the two games when they the Bucks played the Clippers, no, excuse me, the two games when the Lakers played the Bucks and the Clippers before the season ended. Uh, Brandon getting in, uh, most improved and uh, making the All Star team. Luca in the bubble. Damian in the bubble, and us getting a ring. That's probably my. I know it was a lot, but it, them, them, if I think back to the season, that's what that's what popped out yeah, for me. It, it was a lot that happened for real. Whole lot. I think the the moment that stood with me the most that happened in the regular season when it was when in Philadelphia when LeBron passed Kobe on All time scoring list. Mm. So and then right before Kobe passed, yeah, that and was when Kobe, Kobe, his last thing he said on social media, he was basically passing the torch to LeBron and, and pretty much said, "You next, and and go get the Lakers and Ring, man." So that, that was real. And then he passed right right after that. So it's wow how all that happened. And LeBron actually did that in Philadelphia, where Kobe played high school basketball at. So. It was wild. Crazy. What is yeah, that? It was crazy. I'm, I'm telling you, that's crazy, bro. It's, it give me chills when I think about it. 
Yeah, you so mean, that that was that moment just stuck with me, and and to see how LeBron just delivered on his promise and got us this championship, so that was real. That was the realest moment in the season for me. Yeah, and then and my other moment is happening in the bubble when AD hit that shot over Denver. That was just so electrifying, man, because it, it looked super similar to one of the game when the shots that Kobe hit. So mm-hmm. it was just it just brought back memories, and AD just screamed Kobe after he made the shot. Yeah, man, that was like AD's. Basically coming out party for, you know, making a clutch shot game winner on a big playoff stage. Everybody doubted AD like, oh, yeah, we don't know if he can perform in the playoffs and all that. So that, I think that was his coming out moment in the playoffs. Yeah. And my last moment was Luka hitting that game winner. Luka. Over the Clippers. Good God on money. Luka next up now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he next up for sure. Yeah, it, it was a lot of moments. I'm, I'm just still with those three, but this was definitely a crazy season. And shout out to Adam Silver because the NBA had no positive tests throughout the whole bubble, which was wild and amazing to pull off. So shout out to Adam Silver for getting everything straight. Shout out to Goat. Well, my favorite moments of the season were one, Luca solidifying his place as a top player in the league at the tender age of 21, the game winner against the Clippers. And the way he he just he just stood he just stood up to them even though they they lost in that series. The way he stood up to them and showed them that he's he's here he's arrived. Mm-hmm. Number two, the Nuggets coming back from two three one deficits in the same in the same playoffs, which was crazy. The Heat sweeping the butt well not gentlemen sweeping the butt, showing mm-hmm. that they arrived, saying that, you know, that record didn't matter. Being being the self proclaimed king didn't matter none of that. And of course, Damian Lillard's performances in the bubble. Of course, the sixty-point game, and the when Kobe passed the torch to LeBron that night. I recorded a tweet yesterday, and just seeing just seeing him pass the torch to him was just a just a great moment. Now that it's all come full circle. Yeah, full circle. That's probably the best way to describe this season, man. It's full circle. Literally, that the fact that the season ended when it was supposed to start. I mean, so literally, the Giants full circle, bro. <laughs> so much stuff happened. It was wild. All right, all right. Last dog of the week for season one. Who we got, fellas? Le- Le- LeBron, LeBron, Raymond James, man. I was, I was thinking LeBron, or I was thinking doing Cole because I wanted to give Jimmy his props too, man. Uh, yo, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jimmy got to get, yo, your dog of the week got to be our last dog of the week of the season is a cold dog of the week, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James. Jimmy did his Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy showed his ass in there. He showed Jimmy. his ass in the final. Jimmy, yeah. you are, you were good forever, bro. We're good. Man, mad respect to Jimmy. Mad respect. And he played this hard enough. And he back in the gym already. All right. So, people, 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 I guess today is um, not only the father of uh, NBA All Star Brandon Ingram, but he is a staple member in our community, in our hometown of Kenson, North Carolina. So, without any further ado, Mr. Donald Ingram, man, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm. Very pleased that you guys took the opportunity to uh, invite me to your podcast. Uh, this is just a one of m- many things that I do. So uh, I'm glad to be able to be up here and uh, share the opportunity to answer any questions that you may have. Perfect. That's awesome. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. Shout out to uh, Mike Jones for the hookup. Um, yes, sir. Mike Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brandon this year uh, has been really awesome. Named to his first NBA All Star team and uh, winning the uh, most improved the NBA Most Improved Player of the Year award, which is just awesome. So it's like as a parent, I mean, how is it feeling to see, um, you know, Brandon reach this success in in this you know this crazy year? Well, it's a great feeling. Um, you know, this all started last year, and you know, uh, as we know, last year he was with the Lakers in what January, February, in March. That's when he um was having that strong uh push, you know, right after the All-Star game. Right. And then he went down, you know, and had to have surgery. So the accolades that he accomplished this year with the All-Star game, uh most improved player, that was quite a challenge and quite an honor coming from an extensive surgery where he could not even raise his right arm, his shooting arm. uh, And to come back from that, uh, 
have a summer where he was going through rehab, uh, not even able to make training camp that much, you know, until, you know, about midway through and then come off with the numbers that he put up this season. So it was quite an honor and a blessing for him to it showed the hard work that he did in order to accomplish that goal. Yeah, that's that's great. I, you know, Jalen, I, I have for a daggone forgot. About the surgery, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. He came back like he did and made the All Star team in the Western Conference. For real, the Western Conference. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's that's uh, you know, the conference. You know, the Western Conference. You know, you got most of your your bigger guys. You know, your your real quick guards or whatever. Yeah. Um, the team roster is loaded, and the surgery was really extensive. It's not like an outpatient surgery. Uh, it was a blood clot, but people does not understand the dynamics of what he went through. I was there at the hospital. I still have videos of everything that went on. And so the surgery required the removal of his upper rib. So they yeah. had to go up under the armpit mm. and remove his upper rib uh, and everything. And then he could not raise his arm. He was on medication. And then he had to go through extensive rehab. And everything. So to come back from uh, the same exact year that he had the surgery, yeah, which was around March of 2019, and then to start the season in November or whatever, and he immediately was an impact with the team, mm-hmm. where his numbers was immediately noticed in the same year, and and he did not waver. He just kept those numbers up throughout the season. So it was not like a up and down. Right. Uh, every single category he he improved, the assist category, the rebound, uh the percentage of three point. I mean everything was an improvement. So, you know, even if it was not my son, as a vote, you know, if I was someone that was voting, I would have to like have a strong push towards that particular individual that made that accomplishment. Yeah, that's, that was really well put. Honestly, um, I mean, it's it's been it's been a ple- like it's been amazing watching this watching everything unfold. And you know, you know you had you had literally the the front seat. Um, want to go into want to ask you how did basketball become a part of your life? I know that um, my dad he my dad Clifton Jones, Roy Lee Jones. They, they they had a whole bunch of stories about you uh, hooping down in Kenston back in the day. So it's like you know how did how did basketball become a part of your life, and then uh, and what inspires you to play? Well, a part of my life, you know, I was raised out not in the city limits, but I was in the county, you know, and so the houses were a little bit further apart, and you know we we worked on the farm, so. Uh, we did not come into the city limits that much as a youngster. So you had to play pretty much with the guys that was within the community or in the rural area. And so my brother put up a basketball goal. Uh, it was on a grassy surface. And, you know, I got a history and people probably have told you that, you know, I could shoot the long range jumper. I could shoot from half court. It was because, you know, you just could not dribble on the grass. And so wherever the ball would hit and roll, that's where I picked the ball up and I would shoot from. And then once I started getting into basketball more and traveling and 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 driving to the city limits of Kenston uh, and playing with the high school and junior college at Lenore Community College, you know, we came out and I continued to play with uh, a hooping up three-on-three team. So we, we started traveling all over the world and <clears throat> all over the United States, rather. We were going to Norfolk, Virginia, Charlotte, uh, Atlanta, uh, Florida, Dallas, Texas, and we played in the World Finals at Venice Beach, California. So our games were like televised on 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 a television network. So um, you know, just being a part of it, you know, at a younger age, I, I just developed a tremendous love for it, and of course that carried on to both of my sons, uh, Bo Ingram, and as well as Brandon, just being around me and seeing me playing and how much I enjoyed it and everything. And, and it just became a trend, a family trend. Like, you know, you, like you say, you grew up in Kenston playing and everything. We, in 2018, uh, like a, a stat came out saying that Kenston had like the most NBA players um, per capita in the U S 
It was like one out of every, I think I, in the articles, like one out of every 51 players that played at Kenston High over the past 30 years went to uh, play professionally. It's crazy. The stat is crazy. But um, what? why do you think Kenston produces like this much talent uh, in the world of sports? I mean, music too, but specifically in sports and basketball. Well, I think it all comes from, you know, just like with, Jerry Stackhouse and and Cedric Maxwell, some of the early guys that paved the way, uh, you know, Charles Shackleford. I mean, I can name a lot of basketball guys. Um, it gave uh, the the younger generation, you know, that drive that you can make it out of Kenston and sports is the way to make it. Uh, and sports is not just the only way to make it, but if you're a sports minded oriented then it gives you that mindset that you can you can make it out of a small town and with that being said you know we have a a lot of recreation coaches around here a lot of high school and middle school coaches that deserve more credit than what's actually given because even in the middle school rankings a lot of the middle school coaches will coach their team in middle school and they also coach that same group of kids in um, recreation as well as come up to the high school and help out with the high school. So just that that unique um, development that they give and just once they latch on to a child or a kid uh, and follow them along the way and everything, uh, I, I think that gives a big impact because they have a lot of hands-on with not only the athletic side because they can follow them with, along with their grade and along with their parenting and helping out with just giving great advice along the way. So I think just that alone, uh, along with a lot of other things, uh, has really impacted uh, that statistic that you were talking about that helped get a lot of kids out of Kenston. Great. Hey, you answering these questions amazingly. I don't even have I don't have any follow ups, man. It's great. Okay, um, shoot, Jalen, you want to take over, man? Yeah, man. All right, we were talking about kissing and going off of that. But on the basketball players growing up, being having mentors and all that stuff, you know, guys like Jerry Stathouse helping out. So how was it raising Brandon and Kiston and teaching him basketball skills um, with guys like I said, like Jerry Stathouse and Reggie helping out along the way? Well, Jerry kind of came on towards the uh, closing years of his high school, uh, which was the AAU side. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had a lot of AAU coaches that wanted to latch on to Brandon. Chris Paul, they had contacted me. Uh, of course, Jerry. And uh, then I had some coaches that had contacted me that I just did, did not even know. But on the early years, you know, I had an impact on Brandon as far as teaching him what I know, uh, the physical side, not taking it easy on him on the court. I refereed games, and by refereeing games, I was able to implement the rules that go along with basketball. As a basketball player, if you got all that athleticism, you're dominating over everybody. Uh, you're, you're the best one on the court. Uh, you had that mindset that you know it all. But then when you get to the rules part, uh, uh, I taught him the rules of and the art of, of refereeing that kind of played his part into the basketball side. So he knew that you could dribble that ball for about 15 seconds. The crowd will be hollering five seconds, but you could hold the ball in your hand. When the referee get to 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, and 1,004 before he got to 1,005, you could start dribbling. You did not have to move. The defensive player could still be closely guarded, and you had about four and a half seconds to dribble that ball, and then you could pick the ball up, and then a new count would start, and you never had to move out of that spot. spot. So straddling the half-court line – he knew that the 10-second count was going. By straddling the 10-second line, the half-court line, that's what I'm talking about, you got one foot in the front court, one foot in the back court. And since the 10 seconds has not been fully, uh, you know, relinquished, established or whatever, 
then you can throw in either direction. You can still throw in the back court. You could throw in the front court. So with that being said, when it relates to Brandon, the rules that I was teaching him and then having an older brother that was already in college in uh, Bowles in South Plains at the time, and then he came back to Texas Arlington, Bo was able to come back and also train him on a college level type uh, ruling, drills, and everything. So it kind of put Brandon ahead of the curve mm -hmm. on a lot of high school players. He knew the rules. He knew the college mechanics, the drills to work out. And then on top of that, he was growing, um, you know, just physically growing in height. So all of that just gave him an advantage over a lot of high school players. That's right. Uh, refereeing is very key. So by you being a referee and teaching him those skills and knowledge from your vision of being a referee, it taught him a lot. You can tell he was way more fundamentally advanced on the court out there. And I remember you refereeing some of my rate games back when I was at continue. Oh, sure. Uh, about seven, eight years <laughs> old. And you refereeing my dad and all that stuff. So I, and I referee now um, a little bit. So y'all have to teach me a lot. So refereeing is definitely very important for as fundamentals and all the aspects of the game. So speaking of that, um, Rochelle and stuff, I remember watching Brandon play at Rochelle and stuff. He was this real tall, skinny dude, like way taller than everybody else on the court. <laughs> like, yeah. who this? But you could tell he had, he had that potential growing up. <laughs> but so going off that, uh, when do you first notice Brandon's um, talent and skill on the basketball court? Well, um, it's funny you would say that because in Kenston, period, you know, we have – it doesn't matter what gym it is at, especially Holloway and especially – Teachers Memorial. Um, those gyms are the gyms that uh, an advanced kid like Brandon, uh, you're going to have to play against some adult kids that's already in high school and some that may have already graduated. So they're not going to take it easy on you. So we would more or less throwing him to the wolves, so to speak. He was, he was out there playing with adults and everything, but he was holding his own. He could shoot the ball. Uh, yes, they were manhandling him and post him up down low because of his weight and his thin frame. But then, too, they had to get out there and guard him, and he has such a um, a high skill set. Uh, you're looking at a kid or like a 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six point guard that could shoot, he could block their shot or whatever. When I noticed where – when I really noticed his skill set and, and how good he was really going to be, uh, there's a player that played that's playing with the Miami Heat right now that used to come down from Little Washington, Bam on a bio. He used to come down to Holloway and they used to have those games out there. He used to compete against Bam out at Holloway, you know. So wow. Bam was a hot ticket back then and everything, but Brandon was holding his own against a Bam and everything. So and Brandon was in like in the eighth grade. I think Bam was in the eighth grade or, or whatever. So there was seventh or eighth grade. And um, when I really noticed that Brandon was uh, a, a really true talent, you're looking at an eighth grade kid that was going to the ninth grade, playing in a league of high school players, and he was just holding his own against the high school players and fouling them out or scoring over them or whatever. So I noticed it way back when he was in middle school, and I, I made an immediate impact on – making sure that he took the right courses going to the next level, mm. coming out of out of middle school, uh, just lining him up so he could be a Division One qualifier when those letters and those phone calls started coming in. Interesting. Yeah, I like how you brought up the BAM topic. There's so many great basketball players come out of 252 and currently right. in the NBA now. So it, it's wild that they both grew up playing against each other and now they're both oh, all-stars yeah. and doing right. great things in the league. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. I know you're talking about uh, uh, watching Brandon's skills keep continuing to develop throughout middle school and high school and having to play against uh, bigger size players, getting them stronger and stuff. So what part of Brandon's game translated best to the NBA? Well, um, actually, when he was at Duke University, uh, Coach K mentioned that he would be uh, an asset a real great asset to the NBA. Uh, we asked Coach K and I asked him personally, do you think he's ready? So Coach K stated that 
the NBA think he's ready. And if they think he's ready, then he's ready. I was more worried about him getting pushed around because of his frame. You're going to be playing against grown men, more muscular guys, guys that's not going to care about anything but winning. But then I started thinking that you already play against guys in Kingston that's extremely physical. You're playing with no referee, mm. and you're holding your own. You went to Duke University. You made an impact at Duke. You're playing with a referee. You're playing, you're not playing selfish or whatever. So what I felt like translated with Brandon over to the NBA was first of all, he had this, he had the heart. He had the strong heart and the willpower that regardless of what my frame looked like, I can still play with these guys. So I knew his mindset was right. Based on what the college coach said, Coach K, based on what the NBA thought of him, based on how he performed in the McDonald's All-American game, and based on how he performed at Duke. So I knew that his heart was strong and that he was going to make an impact in the NBA. The next thing is, is that I know he was going to a team where Kobe Bryant had just retired. Mm. They did not have a leader on that team. And by not having a leader on that team, I knew that he was just as equal and just as good as those guys. He was a 6'9", point guard, point forward. So at 6'9", he did not have to worry about posting up down low and everything. So I think what translated over with him was his skill set as far as handling the ball, being able to shoot the ball, and having a good eye, and a mindset to pass the ball and get in the right position to make the right plays. That's interesting. I remember uh, reading about when Brandon got drafted by the Lakers that he um, took over from Kobe's old locker. He had Kobe's old locker, so I thought right. it was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. That's such a huge honor. Oh, yeah. He it's did. crazy. <laughs> and then they gave that locker to LeBron. Right. <laughs> After yeah. That's they crazy. renovated yeah. the locker. That's crazy. So it's like in the past 10 years, I don't know how long, it's like Brandon, Kobe, and LeBron had the same locker. That's just crazy, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> how how do you think being traded to New Orleans has helped him develop as a player? Well, I think um, by me being in place out in California a lot because I gave up referee and I pretty much started following his career and I was gone from Kenston a lot. I would be gone two and three three weeks at a time before I fly back in and I would fly back in for like four or five days. And then I was right back out. My interactions was with the entire Laker team. I saw Rondo all the time. I saw and talked to LeBron all the time, a couple of times, Kobe, you know, not that many, but Kobe and uh, everybody on that team, you know, I had total access to them. There was a lot of morale issues that was going on because they were trying to, it was trying to get back on track so hard, you know, and they didn't have the, the proper personnel and it was always hurt or whatever. Um, Magic stepped down and when Magic stepped down, the morale went down even, even further. So I think the transition with Brandon, all the trade rumors, uh, you know, you guys can't go to work at your regular job every day and your name in particular not your department but your name and we're talking about brandon's name was circulating uh uh josh hart name was circulating a lot of guys name was circulating if you go to work every single day and your name is circulating that you may get moved to another department or just moved out of that particular job you can imagine how it makes you feel on the inside and your job performance while you're working that particular day. So Brandon in particular, trade rumors, they were talking about trading, but he had to perform in front of the, the world, in front of the nation, on television, like it did not bother him. So his transition down to New Orleans was a stress reliever. Just like if you left that job and went somewhere else, it's like a stress reliever. Okay, I don't have to worry about being traded anymore because I got traded. 
or I just, I, I don't, I'm gone from that job. So you don't have to talk about me anymore. So it was a stress reliever to leave LA and go down to new Orleans. And it's like a brand new draft, like a brand new start, a brand new coach and a brand new team. And then you playing with the number one draft pick and you're playing with some of your peers because it, there are numerous players on that team that's from the same college from Duke university. So now you're in a comfort zone. So the transition was perfect. It was just perfect going down to New Orleans. New Orleans was more like home to them. It's more laid back. It's a lot slower than what LA is. And it worked out perfect. I think we completely agree with you on that statement that the transition was very smooth for him going to New Orleans. So in this new chapter, what do you think was is the most fulfilling part about being a part of the journey with Brandon? Um, well, just watching him grow now, I mean, you know, um, you know, the media talks about Zion a lot. Some people say they get tired about hearing about Zion. Zion can be sitting on the, on the bench heard, or he could just be sitting on the, on the bench. And, uh, you got certain commentators that they're not talking about the play that just happened on the court or the spectacular. They're talking about Zion coming back or, or whatever. That does not bother Brandon, not one bit. You know, Brandon's just there to win. He's just there to play. Uh, I think the journey is going to be great simply because they love him down there. He love it down there. Uh, he haven't signed to go back with him yet, but it's, I think in November, early December, they're going to probably do his contract. He should get a big contract regardless of where he go at. And I think New Orleans is going to be where he goes at because he's really and really satisfied with uh, with the team and and uh, and everything. He knows that a lot of times you can't get it right now. A lot of teams and a lot of places are looking for things to happen right then. Uh, so he's he's willing to wait it out, wait the time out, and let the process you know uh, work itself out. So uh, this journey, I think it's going to be great because so far it's already been great. It's been great for him as far as his numbers has increased. Uh, he's not been injured quite as much. He's satisfied with where he's at, and this is his contract year. So it doesn't get any better than that. It's, it's been glad to be it's been glad to be part of this journey too, being from the same city. But I have, I have one, one last question for you, and it's who is the goat in your eyes? Basketball. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, that's an easy question. Some people will say it's a hard, hard question, but I'm 54 years old. So I've had an opportunity to see the journey from the 80s all the way up to now. And sometimes you want to say, you want to you want to categorize uh, the department or, or or the position, you know. I, I think it should always be in that particular position. Who's the goat as far as a point guard? Who's the goat as far as a power forward? Who's the goat as far as a center? You know, but nobody looks at it like that. So I would say, since nobody look at it like that. I'm going to give you who the, who I think it is, and I'm going to give you the reason why. I think it's Michael Jordan. I'm going to say Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan came up in an era where when they played, they beat each other down. They knocked each other out. You didn't come in there untouched in that lane. And when you got fouled, you got fouled. He still scored, he got back up, and he still put it on him. This era, you can't even hardly go in the lane or you can't hardly get touched if you are a superstar and they call a ticky-tack foul. I used to referee games. I probably will be fired. Because <laughs> some of the fouls, you know, they probably will fire me as a referee because that stuff that LeBron come down, and I'm going to say him, that come down and, Somebody barely touching, and he's pleading every single time like this, you know, like like he didn't hit nobody. 
he haven't played against your Dennis Robbins and your Bill Lambeers and your Rick Mahorns. Those are games people need to go back and look at. The younger generation, you know, go back and look at how the ball, how the game was played back then. The Isaiah Thomas back then when they was fighting on the court and you come in and you get clothesline. You Larry Bird, you know, when, when they was coming in and the guy would come out and they got blood coming down like, like this, you know. So uh, Jordan went through all of that. In, in other words, Jordan went through – Jordan went through the initiation, the physicality of it. So you got a great player like LeBron. You got a great player like Kevin Durant. You got guys like this and everything. And then you got the commentator saying when you become a super – and then you got a player like Brandon that come through and and, and they knock, knock the mess out of him. But then you got a commentator say, well, when you get to be a superstar, you will get that call. I don't like that. I don't, I don't agree with that. I hate that. I hate when a, when a commentator says that that when you become a superstar, uh, you'll start getting that call. Well, if it's a foul, it's a foul. So why not? If it's a superstar, you're going to give him the call? Then why not give it to the rookie or, or whoever? I, I just don't agree with it. So the players nowadays, you can't hardly touch them. You know, um, Chris Paul, you know, some guys like that, you know, you, you can't hardly touch these guys. And everything, but they can get away with that little extra push, the extra nudge, and everything because Jalen noticed. Jalen noticed in our pregame. Jalen have heard our referee and you, the U one and the U two. We have heard our referee of the game say number forty five is uh, their main guy, so we got to try to keep him in the game. I don't go for that. If forty five is fouling just as bad as. Number 24, then 45 need to pick up the files too. So the GOAT, yes. who, I, who I agree with, the, the GOAT of the, of, of the basketball, all basketball, I got to go with Michael Jordan. Yes, sir. Yeah. We all agree with that. Answer. <laughs> yes, sir. I like that answer. Mr. Ingram, that's, I think that's all we got for you, man. We really appreciate you. You, you, you know, these are great answers, man. I feel I learned a lot just, just listening right here, man. So we really appreciate you coming on. Well, it's not a problem, man. I was glad to be able to come on and help you guys out and get some insight to your listeners and everything. Uh, you know, I've been around. I've been around a lot of these stars and uh, a lot of a lot of everything that's going on in the NBA. So, you know, it's great to be local here where I can pass on that information uh, to some guys on what I've seen, what I have heard, uh, how to get to the next level, what the coaches be looking for and everything. Some coaches still reach out to me. Roy Williams called me like a month ago uh, to check in. And and uh, even when Brandon was playing, you know, I would I would get some of those calls from Coach K or some different coaches that would say, uh, have you seen any talent out there that I need to look at mm-hmm. and everything? So I'm kind of like a spotter for those guys and everything because they only get a certain amount of visits uh, to a particular school or a particular player. So if they got some eyes in the field, so to speak, then they're going to go on that and everything. So I've had them to call me and say, have you seen anybody out there that I might, that could, I could use at the university or whatever. So I get those calls all the time and everything. And I got a great connection with, uh, you know, the coaches, the college coaches, the NBA, the NBA coaches and everything, the NBA players, and and a lot of people ask me that question. Uh, hey man, uh, how much access do you get? Chance to talk to the players, or do you get chance to to do this and that? And I'm like, uh, I ask this question just like this: Where my son goes, I go. You're not gonna keep me away from my son. So if my son got access to them, right. then the dad is gonna have access too. I was about to say, fellas, if y'all have any other anything else before we sign off, man, just the time pretty much. So, Mr. Engel, if you have anything else um, before they before they kick us out of here, uh, who do you think would be the a better a, the best coaching option for uh, New Orleans right now? Well, I don't know exactly what's out there. Um, not now, don't. Uh, I was thinking Billy Donovan. I think he's already got a job. Uh, Doc Rivers. 
he and I, we, we're close. We got a good connection and everything. Uh, he's already accepted the job. Um, it's kind of hard to say now. Uh, I don't know exactly what's left or or the, who to choose from and everything. They're saying Jason Kidd, J- Brandon and Jason Kidd had the same agent, Jeff Swartz. So I, I really don't know. Uh, I will say this. I got along with Alvin Gentry really well. I don't think that he should have – I think they should have gave him another season. A lot of people don't agree with that. But I, I think that they should have gave him another season. I know we got about a minute left. But uh, – and I'm going to say this. The reason I say that is because everybody there was new, except for the coaches, you know. And with that being said, let them have a season like this. If you don't get it done next season, replace him. So I don't think they gave him a fair chance because he had a lot of injuries and everything. So that that was my opinion. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, no, they didn't give him a fair fair shake. And you know he he from he from North Carolina too, man. So I right, exactly, exactly. Are you on Are you on any social media? I'm on Instagram. Yes, Instagram and Facebook. Okay, what and what's the uh? Well, I guess Jalen. Right of fact, what what is the Instagram? Instagram is gonna be. O2 Mercedes. O2 Zero Mercedes. Two Mercedes. Gotcha. And uh, Facebook, of course, is just going to be my name, Donald Ingram. Perfect. Right. We'll definitely give you a follow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you again, man. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate having you. Hopefully, get, get you up here again. Not a problem. Just let me know. I'll be glad to come back. Gotcha. All right. All right. Have a good rest of the evening. Okay. Take care, guys. Alright people, so just want to thank you again for listening um, This is your first episode tuning in Thank you if you've been rocking with us this whole season um, This is the inaugural season of the Basketball Jones Podcast And it is coming to an end But please, please, please Stay tapped in with us on social media On IG at the at B-Ball Jones Pod And on Twitter at B-Ball Jones Pod underscore to stay up to date with us um, Be on the lookout for um, some specials Coming down the line And uh, we just appreciate y'all t- You know, tapping in with us And, uh, you know and Being a part of the basketball convo And, uh, yeah <sighs> Lakers got his chip I'm good This is your boy Jonathan Your boy Keetwan, a.k.a. Your Master And your boy Jalen Appreciate y'all listening Tell a friend to tell a friend Lakers Nation, let's get it Deuces Look, love y'all. Shout out the Lakers, LeBron, yeah. AD, all the boys doing it for Kobe yeah. and Gianna and the Brian family. Yeah, long live Kobe Bean. We out. Yeah, Bean. come Game. on, man, Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> all right, we done, man. All right, y'all, love y'all, man. <laughs> Just want to shout out, boy, my boy Jamari Fawes, aka Sixty Shot Mari, and his song Kobe. It's dropping on Apple Music either tonight or tomorrow. Hey, yo, Ren, turn that up. If I'ma put it in a song, I either sing or did it. My daughter's winning up the skull, he like a demon with it. I tell them bitches I'm the best and they agreeing with it. Anything I say on songs is really meanings with it. Just know that this is a true story. Treat me like glory. Stop looking for the sauce, they trying to find me like Dory.